Okay, bus bench babes, we all know that real estate is, it's a relationship game. It is a belly to belly, breaking bread with people, making connections. It's all about the exact opposite of being a secret agent like I was for 15 years. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Chad Jeske, like the ultimate connector here in the Twin Cities real estate market, and having him share his passion and like why it's important to make all these connections that everybody talks about so much. So let's jump into this conversation, and I know you're going to leave inspired. Let's do this. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Um, today on the podcast, we have Chad Jeske, and I'm so excited to be interviewing him. He is the owner, publisher, and master connector of The Real Producers Magazine. So I'm so excited you're here. Thanks, Chad, for being here. Thanks for having Tell me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I, uh, you know, a little background about me. I was I was born in Edina. That's about as much time as I spent growing up there uh, was my stay in the hospital. Um, I, <laughs> I grew up in Savage. Uh, my dad was a bricklayer and a block layer. So I, uh, kind of a, a farm kid upbringing, you know, we still have a farm in South Dakota. And, uh, so I've done things like picked rock and corn detasseled and, and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, I, I went to school for music management and psychology and, uh, somewhere around the mid nineties, uh, something called Napster came out. So I thought music was going to be free. So I freaked out and I went and got my real estate license. And I, like a lot of people, got into real estate thinking I was going to be a natural. You know, I liked people. I wasn't scared of math. Um, and I found out I was wrong. You know, uh, about six months into it, I was on the struggle bus and was having very serious conversations with my wife about, you know, what what should I be doing? Should I be filling out a resume? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen. And it turns out there was somebody that I had met out of high school that had became a realtor that was selling a decent amount on an annual basis. And I called him up and I asked him if there was any way I could work with him. And I started working with him and the market started imploding. Uh, everything was becoming bank owned and the, he, he pivoted. Um, his, his leadership was really tough to describe. It was just lead by example, but he started teaching people how to buy investment property and rent it out and uh, did a little bit of team building um, nothing fancy, you know, he wasn't, uh, doing a lot of things that sometimes realtors do, uh, you know, to generate leads and things like that. But, um, at the end of the day, we had more transactions than any other real estate team in the state, um, at the end of that year. In fact, that team, I believe has held that title since 2006 with the state of Minnesota, more transactions than any other team in the state. 
a couple years ago, they were over 2,200 transactions for the year. That's so awesome. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I share that story because um, I didn't know it at the time, but it kind of became the foundation of the psychology behind what we do now with real producers. So I used to be in real estate. I left real estate, started to work with a buddy of mine that was partnering with private communities. Um, he was running uh, what I call a hard copy version of social media. Um, there was not a lot of social media back then, but there were a bunch of private communities that wanted kind of a small town culture in and of themselves. Um, mm-hmm. He lived in a neighborhood that wanted that, and he grew up you know, farm kid from Tennessee. So he wanted to figure out, was there something we could do for these neighborhoods? Long story short, you know, the answer was yes. I got involved. I, uh, turns out I was the sixth person to work for that company. And in 2011, they realized that they were debt free. Um, we started using the company more as a vehicle to help people. So we intervene a lot with human trafficking, specifically with kids, both on a financial side. We also get personally involved in a lot of different levels, a lot of different organizations. It just kind of provides the motivation, the fuel to keep doing what we do, which none of us went to school to do this or anything like that. So I was doing that and I've, uh, I've held a lot of titles. I've worn a lot of hats. I was climbing what I consider to be the the corporate ladder. um, And I was running national development at the time. And in 2015, Uh, There was a gentleman out in Indianapolis that wanted to do a trade publication for real estate. And me being formerly from the real estate world, I I took notice. And my interactions with national development, I I had to pay attention. And I I was looking at it and I was like, okay, good for you. I, I, I don't understand why you're doing that because I remember the the world of publications when I was an agent was, well, yeah, those guys, they'll call you. They'll say, oh, Beth, you're, you're so awesome. Hey, Beth, give me some money. I'll put you on the cover of a magazine and I'll give you copies. It was People literally don't know that that's how it is in the real estate world, that yeah. you can just stroke a check and yeah. you can get any award that you want. And it's, it's unfortunate because it confuses the marketplace. It confuses right. agents on what's real, who's real, all these different right. things. And I remember that stuff being around when I was an agent and I'll admit when, when people were on the cover of magazines, I, I assumed they were flattered when they were approached. But when I found out people were writing a check for things like that, I, I did a little bit yeah. of research and I found out what a lot of people don't know, which is statistically a lot of the people that are on the cover of magazines, um, there, there wasn't, you know, a bar that they had reached to get that opportunity. And uh, some of them statistically haven't sold squats. So I don't know why they're running around saying how honored and humbled they are. I also think it's a misalignment <laughs> of emotion to say you're honored and humbled to be featured in something that you paid for. Call it true. Me, you know? yeah. So I, um, when, when that publication originally was started in Indianapolis, I thought, well, this is, this is more of that. I'm not interested in playing along. Uh, fast forward to I was in, at a barn. Um, our one of our founders, you know, he 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 buys. He's got a lot of farms, <laughs> and uh, he had one out in Illinois. And there are a couple dozen of us out there, and we are talking shop on a couple of things. And uh, my buddy Mike, uh, who 
ironically, is number one at the company now. Uh, he was asking me some very direct questions about, hey, this real producers thing, uh, would you ever want to get involved in that? And I said, no. And I, I kind of downplayed it. And he straightened me out. He, he basically just told me that's that's not what we're doing. Um, we're, we're not selling articles to real estate agents. And it provides a significant amount of value to the marketplace. And he had launched one uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he was just showing me the emotions. And I always summarize the answer to the question, Chad, why do you do this? Um, the short answer is, I like how it makes people feel. Because mm -hmm. working with private communities, um, I, we would collaborate with people on different things. And we would get testimonials or emails or text messages. Oh, thank you, Chad, for this. Thank you for that. Um, it was, it was kind of random, you know, every once in a while we'd get a message in, um, Mike had explained to me, he said, hey, Chad, have you ever gotten an email that says something like that? I said, yeah. And he said, how often? I said, once in a while. And he said, I get an email thanking me every single month from every single person that's involved. And that's it just, so cool. it, it makes you feel amazing. Can you imagine that? Great. So yeah. that, that was my initial draw. And um, that's, that's kind of the short story on how I got into what we call real producers. You know, we just, we came up with a platform to help top producing real estate agents elevate their business. And the way we accomplish that is we believe in power of proximity. Um, we become who we spend time with. We become the average of the people we spend time with. That's not. I always new. say that. Yeah, we. Yeah, we I love that saying. We, we didn't come up with that rule. Um, it yeah. just turns out it's very real. And in order for me to be able to help people elevate their game, I have to surround them with other like-minded, like-performing people. Um, mm -hmm. It just makes the industry more fun. It makes it more effective. People share off each other's energy. They share off each other's wisdom. Um, all the off-market stuff that happens can only happen if there's a pre-existing relationship somewhere. Totally. That's how it works. So yeah. we decided, let's come up with a platform for realtors to help them elevate their business. The way we're going to help them do that is we do a, a social publication on a monthly basis. We do a bunch of specialty events, which you're aware of. Um, do. And we make a lot of strategic introductions. We, we make sure people are on each other's radar, not in ways that are awkward, not in ways that are invasive. We don't just introduce everybody to everybody and hope that something sticks. What we like doing is meeting a person, figuring out who they are, how they operate, how they think, and introducing mm -hmm. them to people that they can relate to. Uh, it's not usually based on something that's real estate specific. Sometimes it's based on you, you guys go to church together. Hey, your kids play together. Hey, you're passionate mm -hmm. about the same nonprofit. Hey, you both have an eye for design. Hey, you both work in the same part of town or would like to. I just, um, they're very basic things that draw people together that unfortunately people overlook. And with social media and how things have evolved, people are becoming less and less 
authentically connected. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the reason why we've been successful with our platform is because we, we take the nonsense out of it. Everything is legitimate. And now real producers, it's not just Indianapolis and the Twin Cities. Uh, we're in 132 markets across the country. I don't know. What wow. We do is that growing regularly business. too? What's that? Is that growing regularly too? Yeah. Yeah. Every month I get a, I, in fact, just yesterday, uh, they emailed me another national map. Um, we always wow. want to be aware of each other because you know, as much as I do, real estate professionals, they don't put themselves in a box. You know, a lot of times they like to get licensed for other states. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have clients that come and go, you know, from Florida or Arizona, uh, not that it's limited to those places. So we're, we're not just networked or hyper networked. We're now hyper networked on a national scale. And that's, uh, that's good for everybody. We're not, we're not yeah. trying to sell anything to everybody. It's just, we're, we're being selective on who's involved because we don't want to wreck it. So I love that. There it is. Well, and one of the reasons we had you on is because I'm featured in the magazine this month. Yeah, you are. And I feel so honored to be someone that was chosen to get highlighted in the magazine. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is like really, it felt really, really special. Yeah. And, and like when I first met with you, you and I met for lunch and, you know, you were asking me about my background and telling me about your background and literally like just what you had said a couple of minutes earlier, you're like, okay, who, like, who do you know that I need to know? And I'm looking for a couple of key people in these arenas. Like, who do you know? And like, I truly would describe you to anyone as like the ultimate connector and not in a gross salesy way, but like in a true authentic way. And it just like, you just, you're like, you're a good person. You're a good person. You two should know one another. And I think that's what, I think that's why I can't speak for any of the other real producer areas outside of the Twin Cities, but I think that's why ours here is so successful is because of your authenticity. I appreciate that. I, I yeah. think it's, I think the same thing is true with any business, uh, especially a business that has any level of sales involved. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. a relationship-based business. And um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick on an organization for a second. Um, I remember when Groupon came out and I remember mm -hmm. all these people were talking about Groupon and they're like, oh my gosh, Groupon, 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 Chad. Oh gosh, billion dollar valuation in 18 months. Chad, you should invest in this. You should do that and do that. When's the last time you heard anybody brag about Groupon? Like um, literally the fact that you just said Groupon, I'm like, is that still a thing? Right? I don't know. Right. And um, yeah. the reason why I bring that up is in the world of real estate, there are always going to be, uh, lack of a better word, gimmicky ways of generating leads. And yeah. um can you make money doing that? Absolutely. You know, you, you can buy leads, and, and, but caution, right? When you take the relationship piece out, what you're simultaneously doing is you're decreasing the likelihood that it's going to be a successful sale. Um, you're going to mm -hmm. get repeat business out of it. It's, it's going to, you know, chain react to their, their family and their friends and stuff like that. There are just a lot of things that are missing from the equation that kind of glue it together. In other words, anybody can be successful 
in a short stint. You know, they can dump a bunch of time, energy, and resources towards something. But mm -hmm. basic observation, the agents that I've met since I started doing this, all agents, by the way, that are consistently over 13, 14 million a year, some of them bouncing on 100 million a year. And I'm not talking about as a team, I'm talking about hardworking individuals. Um, basic observation is, you know, they, they're very relationship driven. They're very gratitude mm -hmm. driven. And they don't dump a bunch of money into things like billboards. Um, and it, you know, I love the name of your podcast <laughs> <laughs> or bus benches. Hint, hint. Bus benches. <laughs> um, and I happen to know just from my experience over the last 20 years, working with different types of companies that spend money on marketing, different types of marketing. You know, my, my cousin, John, uh, he was host of a show called twin cities live for a long time. So oh, yeah. I was always paying attention to, who are these people that dump a bunch of money into TV and radio? And does that quote unquote work? Um, I mean, mm -hmm. you just have to look at the math. It's like, well, yeah, it goes to the masses. But how many people are going to see something or hear something and respond to it right then and there based on that? You know, it's just it depends on the product or service. And then you've got mm -hmm. a lot of people that are middle of the road. You know, they, they might put a bunch of money into things like direct mail or internet optimization. And um, does it work? Yes, but the, the, the percentages are startling. I remember back in the mid nineties, I sent out, I, I would spend about $30,000 on direct mail. And I would be a mess mentally for about four months because that's how long it took for me to figure out that I'm actually getting a good return on investment. I'm not going to lose mm -hmm. much money, but at best I was getting, well, we would normally get a 1% response. We would get a 3% response if we would hand address all the envelopes. And I know they make printers that do that now. Yeah. I didn't have printers. I had, they didn't do that back then. <laughs> I, I had eight receptionists, you know, some of which would probably have quit if I asked them to just, hunker down and hand, <laughs> hand write all these addresses. But um, what I've always gravitated towards is business interactions that are more relationship-based, where they involve eye contact, they involve human touch. Um, mm -hmm. That could be categorized as things that are medical, things that are real estate specific, things that are really expensive or emotional. Um, so Things like uh, senior care, memory care, dementia. I, mm -hmm. I know a lot more about it than I've ever wanted to, but I'm drawn to it. And I respect the fact that it's very relationship-based, um, things like that. Uh, any type of care for children. You know, Now that I'm a, a father of three, I'm, I'm aware of how all of those things make people feel. Um, mm -hmm. you know, with real estate, very much the same way, right? It's like, well, hey, my grandfather built this place or... You know, this is this is where blank happened. Um, those things it's a lot of emotion in real estate sales. Very difficult to just put something on the market. I, I mean, top performing realtors, yeah. they're they're practically psychologists, right? It, it's like I have to mentally walk people through certain things all the time, and that's uh, that's a skill. So again, relationship. My sociology degree comes in handy every day. <laughs> exactly.
Exactly. Like literally, I would have never thought I felt kind of like a BS degree when I got it. And I'm like, huh, this is actually coming in handy. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Music thing comes in handy once in a while. I don't sing, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, I love that you're the ultimate connector. And um, what, like, what about that? Like, what, how does that feed you? Like making connections with people? Like, what does that do for you? Well, we'll throw some Tony Robbins out there, right? Um, yeah. There are six basic human needs, and I won't rattle them all off, but two of those needs are growth and contribution. And the word around the campfire is human beings cannot be fulfilled unless they are allowed to contribute and they actually grow from something. Um, that's, that's what RP is for me. It's my opportunity to contribute by helping people, showing them which direction to go. And I'm not an expert. I piggyback off of the expertise of other people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I always tell people, listen, I, I can't guarantee that I've worked with somebody that fits this profile, but I can pretty much guarantee I know somebody that has. It's just I've, I've met a lot of people uh, in the last couple of decades, and they, they do a lot of things from CEOs mm -hmm. to major corporations to startup ideas, you know, and I, I'm entertained through those conversations. I've, I've always been interested in, gosh, success leaves clues, sow the same seeds, reap the same rewards. How is it somebody can get into real estate and they don't even know where the exits are in the building, but two years into it, they're kicking out 14 million. And then the year after that, they're over 40 million. And then the year after mm -hmm. that, they're over 60 million. And they taught a couple of their friends how to do what they're doing. And one of them sells 28 and the other one sells more than 40. All three of those guys under the age of 30. Um, so amazing. It, 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 it's mind boggling. And because I used to believe when I was in real estate, well, gosh, if you want to get to these levels, you're going to have to dedicate a decade or two, you know, because that's what, that's what it took them. But you have a lot of people that are getting into the industry in less than five years, they, they crack it wide open. And, mm -hmm. um, again, I'm entertained by that, but I also think, man, that's, that's really what the opportunity is all about is just if so-and-so is willing to share their playbook and you're willing to, apply it, you should expect similar results. And um, that's mm -hmm. something I, I used to be backwards about. I used to think top performers were a locked box. They're not going to tell you what they say. They're not going to tell you what they do. But I found out I was wrong. It's actually the opposite. Um, one of the number one, well, I, I would say the number one character trait that I see with legitimate top performers, 20, 30, 40, 50 million a year, almost automatically. Um, I shouldn't say that automatically. They'd smack me, but you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's part of their routine and expectation. Uh, that character trait is they lead with gratitude. They lead with gratitude. They, they're constantly thanking people for their contribution. And people are drawn to that. People want to yeah. be around that. People want to know, Hey, this person, uh, appreciates me. They appreciate my time. They appreciate my effort. And I, I think that's where loyalty comes from is just 
that's how people lead themselves. And I can rattle off a bunch of names of people that are in the top 20 that I figured out that's, that's how they carry themselves. And that's the reason I believe people are drawn to them and, and loyal to them for their transaction dealings. But going back to your, your question, growth and contribution. Um, I, I believe I grow as a person just by being involved in this um, because I admire a lot of the personalities of top performing agents. A lot of top performing agents are, they are investors. They are serial business owners or entrepreneurs. They buy other companies and do different things. Um, not all of them buy <laughs> the right businesses. They make mistakes, but that's that's part of business, right? Making mistakes. Yeah, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Um, so in a weird way, I get a chance to live vicariously through their experiences. I get a chance to make the choices before they're ever presented to me. Um, I don't nobody wants to make mistakes. Nobody wants to waste a bunch of money or time. So I, I interact with the agents all the time. It's to me, it's not about featuring them in a publication. Um, that is, that's a one and done process. It's about mm -hmm. building a relationship with them and staying in touch and consistently trying to help them with different things because I never know what's going to come back. But once in a while, I'll get a phone call with an opportunity. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on the investment property for a second. You know, when I was an agent, I used to think big time investors were just the smartest people and they were super skilled and they had a bunch of extra money to throw around. I, I just, I had mis, uh, misinterpreted who they are and, and, and what, what they really do. Um, one of the benefits of me being involved in real producers, again, is power of proximity with myself. So I have three kids, two with special needs. One of the things that I always think about is who's going to pay for my son's stuff when I'm gone? Am I supposed to just save up a bunch of money and give him access to the account? Is that how it works? Because he's nonverbal autistic. That's not going to work out. So do I just let the state government take over? Are they going to make the right decisions? Short answer is no. So right. what do I do? I believe real estate investing is the ultimate leverage for families that are trying to create either generational wealth or mm -hmm. is there a way for me to invest in real estate and create a cash flowing situation where finances are available if and when things need to happen or people need to move? What if I were to create a community for people that are like my son, they're just adults. And it's a special needs community, not something that is a hospital with a different sign. And I pick on, right. there are a lot of memory care dementia facilities out there that it, it's, it's just depressing when, when you're looking at it or you're inside there and you're looking around. So it's like, gosh, this is not the quality of life mm. I would want. Um, right. So if I were to create a facility like that, I would want it to be kind of a detached townhome or even attached townhome, but a community that is structured in such a way that that person's going to be kept an eye on. They're going to be taken care of. If there's any emergency situations, everything's going to be tagged immediately. 
Um, is that possible? And I would say 10 years ago, I would think, well, those are pipe dreams. You know, you're going to need a lot of money and you're going to need a lot of these days after interacting with a lot of top performing agents who a lot of them, you know, they, they've got their own investment property. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a specific agent that's very passionate about helping people with memory care, dementia situations. And he and I were talking, I met him probably four or five years ago. And what he was describing was part of his lack of a better word, mission statement was identical Mm -hmm. to what was in the back of my mind with my son. So again, going back to, you know, what do you get out of this? Um, Knowledge. I, I mean, what better way to become the people I'm describing than to surround myself with them. And again, normally it'd be like, hey, I have a question. Well, Chad, I'm not going to tell you. You're a competitor. That's not the way it is. (laughs) They lead with gratitude. They're like, you have a question? Well, I'm going to give you the entire blueprint that I've been following. If you have any other questions, let me know. I'm just blown away by that. really incredible. So that's what I get from it is I'm allowed to contribute and throw my own stuff in there, introduce people to Mm -hmm. each other, help them out. If I've got knowledge that they don't, I can certainly give it to them. Um, But I grow from it. I grow on a personal level and I grow on a business level. So there it is. Long answer to a short question. I love that. What doors have you seen the magazine open for other people in the community? Any specific examples you can think of? I, I mean, there are... I never know what's going to happen, right? Um, I love introducing people based on a hunch. And then I'll get a text or an email. They will thank me for introducing them to each other. Um, It's not my plan or expectation that I will literally create lifelong friendships when I do this. But that's one of the main benefits I've seen is people get into the industry, they're doing well. Sometimes they're surprised by it. They're like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know I was doing well, Chad. And I'm like, well, you are. So <laughs> figure this out. Um, you know, there is an agent, you know, she got into real estate when she was 40, single mom, couple of boys. And uh, within five years, figured out how to click over 40 million and, and start building an empire that sometimes takes people a couple decades to even get mm-hmm. close to. Um, I remember introducing her to somebody. In my head, I was thinking, eh, there's not going to be anything that's coming out of this. She's already got to figure it out. But mm-hmm. what do I know? All of a sudden, they connected on something personal that had nothing to do with real estate. And now when I have my events, <laughs> they show up to my events together. It's like, there it is. That's how that's it works. That's so cool. So I, I think for other people, it's, it's more of the same uh, of what I get out of it. I think it truly elevates their business. I think for the realtors, the realtors like it because it's all about them. It uh, honors the things that are important to them, the people that are important to them, um, the nonprofits that are important to them, et cetera. I think vendors like it because the realtors like it. But mm-hmm. I do think the vendors get more of the same from it. Um, it's relationship based and, you know, from a vendor standpoint, 
they, they cold call realtors all the time, right? You know, mm-hmm. that they consider that part of their job, maybe not their favorite part of their job, but they're used to being shut down and no, I don't want coffee. No, I don't want lunch. And they're, they're competing with a lot of people that have their same job title in, in this market. Um, I think what they get from it is they don't have to deal with that noise rather than calling constantly, hoping that they'll actually get so-and-so to answer. Well, they're in the same room with them now. There they are. Go say hi. Right. Or let me introduce Let's just you. go have a conversation. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. At, at some point or another, it needs to happen. It's just we create opportunities where it can happen more frequently. I call them planned coincidences. Yeah. I should coin that I love term. That. Planned coincidences. <laughs> people people walk like up to my events. They're like, Chad, you see that guy over there? Yeah. You mean Steve? Yeah. I was just talking to him. Turns out he needs a new roof. And I'll look at him and I'll say, well, that's that's hilarious because you're a roofer. Uh, I wonder who controls the RSVP list for an event like this. And I kind of look around. <laughs> Not accident. You know, planned coincidence. Right. right. Well, and you guys put on real good events too. Thank you. I... um. This might surprise you, but I'm not an event guy. <laughs> I'm not an event <laughs> but I uh, I do find myself planning those events, and um, you know everything comes from experience, right? It's if, have you ever been to a wedding? You don't have to say who, but Beth, have you ever been to a wedding where you're at the reception and you can't wait to get out of there? Yeah, or yeah. you're like, oh, I. I'm not feeling well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, sorry, I mean, guys, we're gonna have to leave if early. Ready, if you're at a wedding reception and you're not having a good time, look around and ask yourself how many people can you count that are looking at their watch, walking up mm-hmm. to their significant other, doing the whisper whisper thing, like, "Hey, uh, this isn't this isn't what we thought it was." Yeah. Uh, what are the reasons why people don't want to go to events? I know the yeah. reasons. Uh, people charge you to go. They sell you crap when you're there. Um, and start with that, right? Like, I mean, making mm-hmm. things awkward on the front end, mystery event, right? Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, I, I don't want to charge people to go to my events. If I ever have any money exchange involved in my events, it's not for profitability. It's because we're trying to raise money to help a nonprofit and help some more people. Mm-hmm. And we've been very blessed to be able to help a lot of people, uh, a lot of different organizations, just because the events are well attended. You know, we, um, and I think you know this, we don't invite everybody to our events and that's on Mm -hmm. purpose. Um, The the platform was designed for top performers. So the social publication pay to have that design printed, distributed to the top 500 agents. And that's based on criteria um, that we know about their sales, transactions, volume, et cetera. And that's always evolving. That list is always changing, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, about 73% of it at least stays the same year after year. Uh, these are the same men and women. These are similar numbers, similar ratios. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. Top performers, they just kind of stay in their lane and they're, they're not dramatically- They figured it out, yeah. By everything else. Yeah, they pivot. Yep. You know, just like uh, mm-hmm. when I was telling the story about when I started working with uh, with Ryan way back when, um, things were very different. You know, they they pivoted. They were talking about investment property, and there were people that were refusing to talk about investment property, and they they kind of went out of business. They went away. Mm-hmm. So I 
I think top performers always find a way to pivot based on the market. So I um getting a little off track, kind of forgot what, <laughs> what question I was answering. No, no, it's true. Like I, I heard oh, a stat recently that every three minutes people are leaving the business. So it's, it makes sense that the top producers are like, they're just, they're making it happen no matter what the market is. Well, and, and then they like that not to sound evil or, or negative, but you know, uh, the stat I heard a few weeks ago is that over 60,000 agents have left the industry since January. Yeah. And um, when I said that out loud in a conversation, there was a, another agent that said, Oh gosh, thank God. And <laughs> that, that's his way of saying the marketplace is less confusing for buyers and yes. sellers when you've got yes. fewer people running around singing the same song. And that's the problem, right? It's it's not that people are bad. It's that there are not a lot of barriers of entry in real estate, you know, for uh, a certain amount of money and a couple of weekends you know, of classes. And I know it's not exactly that, but we can, we can all get a license. And I say mm -hmm. that casually because, well, they gave me one. And I remember being a little <laughs> surprised, like, that's it. <laughs> so those classes were it. The, the thing on the computer were, were good. Um, but yeah. I'm the same person that was surprised you can legally purchase a house through DocuSign. Uh, you know, just so if I click on this and just say it's me, this is legal, this is legit. It's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. But the event thing, um, not to get a little scatterbrained here, but uh, the event thing, it was a big deal to me. I, I wanted people to have a good time. And I, I've always said that if you get somebody to an event and at any point they think you just wasted their time, you might as well say goodbye. They're not going to give you another mm -hmm. shot. And it's not because they're rude. Mm -hmm. It's just time's the most valuable commodity right now. And um, they're not interested in wasting it, uh, especially mm -hmm. when they have kids and, and grandkids and, and they're running a you know, high powered career. Um, it's just, we're, we're very mindful and respectful of those facts. So when I do my events, um, my recipe is very simple, food, beverage, good people, turn on some upbeat music and let people communicate. Don't try and sell them anything. Don't, uh, don't charge them to go. Don't give them any reason to think, am I wasting my time? Should I check my watch mm -hmm. to figure out how I can get mm -hmm. out of here? And, um, I think that's refreshing. I think people appreciate that because in the world of real estate, um, people are always trying to sell something, right? Um, I, I almost said books and tapes, but keep in mind, I, I, I grew up in an era <laughs> where buying books and tapes, seminars, things like that was, uh, it was a golden ticket for a lot of people. Still I started is. my real estate career in that same vintage. <laughs> there you go books and tapes. Yeah. I still got a cassette player. I got some tape series I don't <laughs> want to part ways with. But at mm. the end of the day, I, I think our events are successful because we're creating situations that they want. Rather than creating something, putting it out there, hoping people like it, I'm constantly asking our audience, what do you want? And then I create that. And then I show it to them. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. It's like, well, I expected you to say that it was your idea. That's, that's kind of the way it works. So yeah, I, I I love going to your events. I've been you. going for probably about two years now. And I'm like, wow, this it is. It's a breath of fresh air. I love not being sold something because that happens all day long. And it's 
it's a group of really good people. Yeah, they really are people that I might not have met otherwise, which I love. It's, and and again, yeah, it's, it's not brand specific. It's not based on a certain geography. Uh, It's not based on a certain gender or age group or anything like that. The only thing they have in common is statistically and culturally, they are in the same bucket and they're, they're rarely aware of it because again, uh, we, we come from a background that, oh, the person who's doing all the marketing, all the self-promotion must be the most successful. That's not the way it works. That's not mm-hmm. the way it works at all. Um, I, I find people that I, I look at their numbers and I ask myself, how do they do it? They don't put their name anywhere on anything. Not, not there's public, a lot of people like that, but they're, they're very heavy on private communication and that's, yep. that's their sword. That's what they use. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for being here today. Thanks for sharing all about real producer and why it, why you love it and what's important about it. Um, where can people find you on social media? Um, Instagram, you can go to Twin Cities Real Producers. That's our handle on that. Same thing with Facebook. Um, you know, our our, comp- our national website is realproducersmag.com. Um, I do not have a website for Twin Cities specifically. Um, we're pretty easy to find. And if you we do were, a lot of good stuff on Insta, I, yeah, yeah, we, I, I call it social proof. I always say, listen, yeah. you know, don't take my word for it. A lot of people don't know me. I, I say, if, if you're wondering whether or not the realtors look at it and pay attention to it or participate in it, consult social media. If they don't like it, why are they taking selfies? If they don't like my events, why are they showing up to my events? I have, <laughs> you know, three to 400 realtors running around at these events and, um, that is my evidence that what we do not only works, but it matters to people is just seeing them frequent our events because I know their time is very scarce. And when you've got a hundred million dollar producer running around your event, knowing that they're probably invited to a lot of other things where they have a stronger relationship with the person that invited them than they do with me. Um, it feels good. It feels good when I look around the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, so-and-so is here. So-and-so is here. So the president of organizations and uh, people that build nonprofits, it's just, I, I love the energy. It's impossible mm-hmm. to not get motivated by participating with one of our events. It's awesome. I love it. And I'm honored to be, I was honored to be featured this month. So thank yeah. you for that. No, you, you made it easy. You got style. Bro. <laughs> you got style. Well, thank you. Well, um, Bus Bunch Babes, I hope you um, are able to check out the Real Producer Twin Cities edition. And um, you will, you'll probably see more about the article and the feature I was in. And Chad, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. And I appreciate what you're doing for our real estate community here in the Twin Cities. And I think... And in dabbling in other parts of the country too, but it affects me real, you know, here in the Twin Cities. So thank you for being the ultimate connector. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. Well, until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a of bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. 
Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl, Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.